0: Thank you, Praise Team. Y'all did great. God bless you. Thank you. Anybody love the Word of God today? All right. We're going to get into the Word. Let me show you that little uh, graphic up there, Chariots of Iron. This sprang from this message. I was in my private devotional, which I do every day, and I strongly urge you to do the same, get into the Word of God every day. Man won't live by bread alone. but By what? Every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing by the word. How many of you need your faith strengthened? All right. Don't complain if it's weak. Get into the word of God and make it strong. So I was in my devotional. And something just jumped out at me. I was reading through Joshua and Judges. And this phrase kept repeating. Chariots of iron. Chariots of iron. And I saw there was something significant in this as pertains to the children of Israel and their defeat. What was defeating them? And what the answer to that was. So let's look here at Judges 1, 19. And let me just introduce you to this little phrase, chariots of iron. And we're going to talk about that today. Chariots of iron. And the Lord was with Judah. Now, if the Lord's with you, you ought to be winning. And he drove out. That is, Judah drove out the inhabitants of the mountains, which were the Canaanites and the Philistines. But look what happened. They could not drive out the inhabitants of the valley, and there's a because. Why couldn't they? Because they had, say it with me, chariots of iron. Well, if the Lord is with you and you can't do something, then I don't think the fault is with God. All right? Well, let's look at Joshua 17, 17. They went to Joshua and they said, said, Joshua, we are so discouraged over these chariots of iron. And what did he say to them? Joshua said to the house of Joseph, you are numerous and very powerful. Though the Canaanites have iron chariots and though they are strong, read the last five words with me, you can drive them out. You're a you can, I can people. They may be strong, but you can drive them out. Your enemy may be formidable, but you can drive him out. He may look bad, but the God in you is batter. You can drive them out. Father, thank you for your word. I pray that, Lord, those that are facing chariots of iron in their life, We'll experience victory and deliverance and faith to overcome it today. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Well, tell your neighbor, you better listen. You're going to need this. And we have an idea for cell phones. We have a great idea for cell phones. We're going to sell in the bookstore a little recording for your cell phone so that when it rings in church, the voice says, Preach it, Pastor Jeff. I really like that idea because then you're not in trouble and I like it. And it sounds like somebody's amening me. Now, Israel's problem. When they came into the Canaan, into Canaan, into the promised land. Now catch this. Joshua gives the account of the children of Israel crossing the Jordan finally. Second generation children. All their parents died in the wilderness. All of them. Second generation has watched them die and said, Not me. I'm going to go take the land. Two of the original million crossed over. Joshua and Caleb. Everybody else was second generation. As they cross over, they begin to take the land city by city, town by town, foot by foot, acre by acre. They fight to take it. Everything they get, they fight for. And they win. They're going from victory to victory, faith to faith. Until they run into these iron chariots. Now, here was Israel's problem. When they came into Canaan, they were only foot soldiers. All they had ever known was hand-to-hand combat, spear-to-spear, man-to-man, even playing field. That's all they'd ever known. And when they got to Canaan, they realized that the Philistines, the Canaanites, the enemies of God, had these things called chariots. Israel had none. As a matter of fact, the enemies of God Philistines, Canaanites, those that God sent them into the promised land to conquer and to destroy as God's judgment against them, Israel was God's tool of chastening for these Canaanites. When they got over there, they realized they had these chariots. All they had ever known up until the time of King David was hand-to-hand combat. So the enemies of God had thousands of chariots before Israel had even one. The chariots were the tanks of that day, the advanced weaponry of that day. We could say the nuclear bombs of that day, The, the chariots. They were superior, owned exclusively by the Canaanites. But here's what Israel began to believe. If your army was going to be any good, if it was going to win, you had to have chariots suddenly Israel felt like they were firing a squirt gun at a forest fire. What are we going to do? Look at the advanced weaponry. Look at the superiority of the weapons of the enemies of God. How in the world are we going to overcome them? But even worse for them was this. Not only did they have chariots, horse-driven chariots, that gave them this incredible edge over the Israelites in the natural. They had chariots of iron. That's why the Bible points out, not just chariots, but it makes a point of saying they were of iron. Well, why does that matter? Because while everybody else of that day was using bronze weaponry, because they were still in what we would call the Bronze Age, the Philistines had advanced to an Iron Age culture. They were a jump ahead of everybody else. And this made them virtually invincible on the battlefield with their iron weaponry. Now, let me give you an instance. When an iron sword would clash with a bronze sword, the iron sword would cut the bronze sword in half. When an iron sword struck a bronze helmet, it went right through it and cracked the skull of the man wearing it because iron was so superior to bronze. So here you had these wicked, evil people who God was judging, and yet they had all this superior weaponry. They were outfitted. The Philistines, that is, is—with the most advanced weaponry of that day, including the dreaded chariots of iron. Now, I read that, and it began to jump out at me. Because here's why. Because every time I read it, these iron chariots were keeping the people of God from winning. And I wanted to, to understand what was going on here. And let me just share some things with you that God really ministered to my heart out of this, this fact, this truth, this reality of the iron chariots, because some of you have got an iron chariot in your life right now. First of all, not all problems come in the same size or shape. Have you realized that? Not all problems come in the same size or shape. Some are way worse than others. God once told the prophet Jeremiah, and you ought to go through Jeremiah, if you want to see a parallel to the United States of America, you ought to read all of Jeremiah. But God once told the prophet Jeremiah that there would be regular run-of-the-mill problems and there would be especially tough problems. Here's how he put it to Jeremiah. If you have raced with men on foot, with footmen, if you have battled with footmen and they have worn you down, how can you compete with horses, chariots. And Jeremiah, if you stumble and you struggle and you faint in the safe country, how will you manage in the thickets by the Jordan? Now listen carefully what he's saying. The Lord wanted Jeremiah to understand that he could not let, he could not allow the typical run-of-the-mill everyday, everyday problems to wear him out. Because if the typical run-of-the-mill stuff is wearing you out, Jeremiah, how are you going to contend with chariots? There's going to be times, God told Jeremiah, where you're going to face chariots. So you can't allow the typical run-of-the-mill, same old, same old, everyday problem stuff to wear you down and wear you out and wear your faith out, take you down in defeat, That's a good word for us today because you know what? Every single day all of us deal with the -the run-of-the-mill, plain vanilla problems that, that come to everyone that's alive in this life. He's saying if you can't handle, Jeremiah, footmen problems, footmen size problems, how will you deal with chariot size problems? God allows the smaller stuff into our life to strengthen us and hone us and sharpen us so that when the real giants come, we've got some muscle. So if the footmen, Jeremiah, are wearing you out, and if the footmen, children of Israel, are wearing you out, the chariots are going to overwhelm you. Now we have normal problems. We have footmen size problems. And we also have chariots of iron problems. And this is what... This began to speak to me. The chariots of iron problems. We're going fine until we hit a chariot of iron. Things are going good until we encounter a chariot of iron. These are the tough ones. The chariots of iron. These are the problems that seem to stand up on their back legs and defy us. They taunt us. They mock our faith. They challenge us. They don't seem to budge when the smaller problems did They stand there and they look at us. They act like Goliath did with David. When David came walking towards him, he taunted him, mocked him, ridiculed him. They act like Goliath acted towards the armies of Israel. When it says every single day, Goliath would go out and taunt the children of Israel while they trembled in their tents, afraid of this giant. They had fought lesser enemies and won, but this Philistine giant, this Goliath, he was just like a chariot of iron. And he taunted them and he did not budge like the rest of them until finally not a one of them would stand up against him until little David came with his slingshot and a heart full of faith. The, the giants, the, the Goliaths, the chariots of iron don't yield to the usual strategies of positive confession Standing on the promises. In fact, sometimes, despite our best efforts, they seem to defeat us. They seem to take us down. Every time chariots of iron are mentioned in the Bible, I noticed this as I read. You ought to read it. Joshua and Judges. The account of the chariots of iron is wrapped in a context of struggle with higher stakes involved. And more strain, more stress, and sweat are involved discouragement, disillusionment. I'm taking all this land, but I can't seem to get through this. Can't seem to get through these finances. Can't seem to get these marital problems solved. Can't seem to get this temptation tackled. Can't seem to get a a grip on this habit or this vice in my life. You know, as a pastor, I regularly deal with people all the time facing chariots of iron. You probably know a few yourself, and you Maybe facing a chariot of iron today, it's taunting you, it's mocking you, it's challenging you. Let's see your God. Let's see if this Bible stuff is real. Let's see if this faith stuff really works. I don't think it does, says the Goliath or the chariot of iron. I don't believe it does, and I'm not moving. For instance, the doctor has told you that cancer is in your body. You feel overwhelmed. It's a chariot of iron. Or your spouse has gotten up and walked out on you without so much as a warning. You don't know what to do. You're numb. It's a chariot of iron. This isn't normal. This isn't typical. This is stronger than what I'm used to coming up against. I talked recently with a devastated woman from another city whose mid-50s aged husband just left her unexpectedly out of the blue for a 24-year-old woman. 31 year difference she's crushed she's numb everything has fallen apart in her life this is a chariot of iron what do i do where do i go this is the only life i've ever known she's facing a chariot of iron and can i tell you so is he oh he has no idea (laughs) time will tell what do you talk about when there's a 31 year difference get ready mister now chariots of iron represent the tough stuff that without god we don't have a chance of conquering them anybody ever faced a chariot of iron like that without god you don't have a chance of conquering it but with god you can conquer all things The book of Joshua informs us that Israel took city after city, town after town, and the Lord gave Israel all the land he had sworn to give their forefathers, and not one, everybody say with me, not one, not one of their enemies, not one withstood them. Joshua 21 verse 43 says, that is until they encountered the iron chariots, and the iron chariots suddenly were withstanding them. The book of Judges also reports That the tribe of Judah took possession of the hill country. But they were, quote, unable to drive out the enemy from the plains because they had iron chariots. We're told of a Canaanite army commander named Sisera who cruelly oppressed Israel through the strength of 900 chariots of iron. So this this whole issue of chariots of iron was a big deal with Israel at a certain time and season in their existence what did they do about it? How did they overcome these chariots of iron? And what do you do when you come up against a problem that is actually a chariot of iron in your life? Well, I I knew that God would give an answer, and he did. Joshua told the discouraged people of Israel three things crucial to their victory, and what he told them is crucial to your victory. So I want you to catch this. He encouraged them with the following words, and I want you to say them with me. You are You have, and you shall. You are, he said to them, and you have, and you shall. Three powerful words. Let's read it. Joshua 17, verse 17. Joshua spoke to the house of Joseph, saying to them, You are a great people, and you have great power you shall not have only one portion of land but the mountain country shall also be yours for you shall drive out the canaanites though they have iron chariots and though they are strong you shall drive them out so here you go you are you have and you shall what a powerful word let me just deal with each of them alone first you are What did he tell them they were? He said, you are a great people. You are a great people. You know what I hear him saying? He seems to be saying, stop whining, children of God. Don't you remember who you are? You are a great people and strong. Start believing it and start acting like it. I know there's iron chariots there, but guess what? You are a great people. Stop whining to God. God's given you everything you need to get the victory in your life. Now, he wasn't out to make them egotistical, telling them that they were a great people. He didn't want them to overestimate themselves, but he did want them to accurately estimate themselves. He was pointing to this, to their destiny, their purpose, God's call, to who they were in the context of God's plan he wanted them to remember who who they were you know i tell people all the time remember who you are they said what do you mean by that i want you to remember that you are a blood-bought spirit filled purchased by god child of god you are heaven bound you're missing hell god is in your life he's got a plan on you and a purpose for you you are the people of god Joshua was saying, what are you whining about? What do you mean they've got iron chariots? Yes, they've got iron chariots, and yes, they're strong. But have you forgotten who you are in God? Who you are? Destiny was written on their forehead. Purpose was branded on their hearts. Anointed of God, resounded with every step they took. You know, the Bible talks a lot about who we are because of whose we are. You know why you are a great people? Because of whose you are. you got to remember who you are based on whose you are. You see, you're not just anybody, but Jesus gave his life's blood for you. It ran down that old rugged cross. He redeemed you from the grave. He redeemed you from defeat. He delivered you from hell. He raised you from the spiritual dead. He filled you with His Holy Spirit. He called you with an everlasting call. You are headed to the glory of heaven. You have missed the fires of hell. His hand is all over your life. He's above you. He's below you. He's around you. He's within you. He is the wind beneath your wings. You are a child of God. Remember who you are. You know, i got to tell you something, folks. One of the most important things you can ever remember is be very careful who you allow to define you. Everybody's always wanting to, listen, there's always somebody wanting to define who you are. I am very, very careful who I let speak into my life. I do not let anybody speak into my life who does not recognize God's call on my life and purpose on my life and destiny on my life. Because watch this, the world will define you down. The world will define you down. The world will say to you, you can't do it. You're not smart enough. You're not good looking enough. You're not skilled enough. You're not schooled enough. You don't have what it takes. Just go ahead and settle for it because you're never going to rise above this or that. And the world will define you down because the world is a fallen world. But what I see about Jesus is Jesus always defines us up. He said to Simon Peter, who was as unstable as water, he said, your name has been Simon, but I'm going to call you the rock because the day is going to come when you are going to be as solid as a rock, Simon Peter, because of what I'm going to do in your life. He looked at the 12 and he said, you've been fishing for fish all of your life. I'm going to make you a fisher of men. You're going to catch men. I'm going to bring you higher, take you further, make you stronger, enhance your vision and your horizons more than you would ever have known. Jesus defines us up. I was thinking, I was with some folks last night in a kind of a reunion uh, of uh, of ministry. Some folks I hadn't seen in, gosh, 30 years. They didn't recognize me, and I didn't recognize them until we all gave our names. And, uh, Uh, but there were a couple of people there who always defined me up, and I can think back when I was 18, 19, hair down to here, and so skinny, when I turned sideways, you couldn't see me. I had no high school, and yet the Holy Spirit had come upon my life, and Jesus had changed my life, and so there were these people who were always speaking, defining me up, speaking the Word of God into my life, Who is valuable to me today? Not those who define me down, but those who define me up. Can I just brag on Jesus for a minute? He's always going to define you up you are a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. You are a called out special people that you should show forth the praises of him that called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. When I see Jesus moving among people, he always lifted them up He always encouraged them. He always stood them up on their feet. He always gave them a second chance. He always gave them a second win. He always enhanced who they were. Be very careful who you allow to define you. If you've got a spouse, you ought to define each other up. If you've got a spiritual friend, you better make as your friends people who define you up. Hey, you ought to be in a church that defines you up and doesn't define you down. If you come here, I guarantee you we're going to preach the Word of God to you and faith and vision and destiny and purpose, and we're going to define you up. You are the people of God. You are a great people because of whose you are. So say with me, remember who and whose you are. So Joshua said to these people who are all intimidated by the chari- iron chariots, You are. And he defined them up. Now, watch this. Second thing he told them was, You have great power. You have great power. You know, I saw a sign on the way here on a church. And this really, uh, and I'm not being critical of the church. I know that it's probably a great message. But the message was called, Why Christianity is So Hard and I thought if I'm driving by there and I'm not a Christian and I see that that's not going to encourage me to go get saved why Christianity is so hard what I I would rather put up there is why Christianity is so powerful because on the day of Pentecost it wasn't weakness that fell on them it was power it wasn't inability, it was ability it was not hopelessness, it was hope it was not faithlessness, it was faith it was not defeat, it was success Jesus baptized us in power. He said, don't you dare go out and preach and teach and go out and minister for me until the power of God has fallen on you from on high. And when that 120 was gathered in the upper room and the Holy Spirit fell, cowards and fearful people who had been hiding behind locked doors came out roaring like a, like a lion in the jungle because they were filled with power. Joshua said, you are, you are a great people and you have great power. The story is told of a circus elephant that became part of the circus when barely a newborn. The circus owner chained the little elephant's leg to a small stake in the ground. It was buried a few inches deep so this little elephant would not run away. But the elephant grew as elephants will do. Finally, full-grown elephant. Yet, year after year, the elephant would perform his part in a circus, only afterward to be chained once again to the small stake a few inches in the ground. One day a little boy walked by with his dad, and he asked his father, Dad, why doesn't that elephant just pull the stake out of the ground and walk away? Dad thought a minute, and he wisely answered. Because he doesn't believe he can. He doesn't know the power God has given him. You know what the church is full of? Circus elephants. I'm not being mean. I've been one. Yeah, we've been filled with the Holy Spirit. There is no greater power, not nuclear. There's no military arsenal stronger than the power of God's mighty spirit. He has filled us with the Holy Spirit. He has told us, I've made you the head and not the tail above and not beneath. Blessed in the storehouse, blessed in the field, blessed in your going out and blessed in your coming in. He said, I've made you more than conquerors through him who has loved you. What are you doing letting that little stake a few inches in the ground chain you where you can't go, where God wants you to go and do what God wants you to do? I'm going to tell you why. Because you don't believe you can If you don't believe you can, then you can't. That's why Paul was an I can guy. He said, I can do. Now, he was not just a positive confession person. Because people that believe in positive confession without God, the positive thinking people, uh, that's not Christianity. Christianity is this. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things because of the one who is inside of me. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. I'm going to say it again. Greater is he that is in you than any temptation, any devil, any demon, any flesh, any circumstance, anything in life that can come against you, any chariot of iron. Greater is he that is in you. Do you believe that, church, or are you a circus elephant? His problem is he was at the youth camp. <laughs> See, there's, there's Christians. Man, they've had something in their life, a chariot of iron. It, it's been there for years, but here they are, little stake in the ground, and they don't even try pulling. So, well, it's always had me, always has and always will. It's always had me. I just don't believe I can get free. I don't believe I, it doesn't even occur to them. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free, and he whom the Son frees is free indeed. Jesus is all about freedom. But you can be in a jail cell and be free. But you can live in a huge mansion and be bound. Because of whose you are, you are a great people. And you have great power. That's powerful. And then he said, because of whose you are, and because of the great power that God has given you, You shall drive them out. Now, a lot of people are not used to hearing Christianity preached like this. They're just used to, well, someday in the sweet bye-bye, I'm going to heaven, and that's all I know about Christianity. No, listen, Jesus came to set us free. He came to set us free. He came to set every circus elephant free. You will drive them out. You will win. The battle is yours to take. God will give you the victory in spite of the fact that your enemy is indeed strong and has iron chariots. I noticed this as I read along. Every time they decided to take the land, iron chariots and all, they triumphed. Here's what you've got to do with an iron chariot. You've got to do what David did with Goliath. Say, so well, how, how do I do this, Pastor Jeff? Here's what you do. Now, we've talked in the last few weeks about things you ought to run from. You ought to flee some temptations. Just run. But when it comes to an iron chariot, no, you do the opposite. You run towards the roar. David is perfect in his example. Here's, Phil, here's this Philistine, this giant. He's covered in iron weaponry, iron helmet the iron spear he is girt in the best of modern day weaponry and protection david has nothing but faith and a slingshot and five rocks but he has god and he had a revelation on what i'm talking to you about right here he said i know that if god is with me he's coming down i've got a lion in my past i grabbed him by the beard This lion, and I brought him down and killed him with my bare hands. And then a bear came to try to get the sheep, and I grabbed the bear, and I killed him with my bare hands. The power of God taught me that when an enemy comes against me, I can win. So this Philistine, this giant, this chariot of iron, he's coming down. So what does it say David did? He went and he picked out five smooth stones out of the brook because Goliath had five bros. Brothers, for those of you that are not up to speed. He said, he was basically saying, I got one for the brothers here so that once I kill him, if they come at me, they're coming down too. and It's only going to take one shot apiece. Now, it says David ran towards the giant. So when it's a chariot of iron, you got to stand there. I'm not moving. Well, I'm not moving. Well, I'm not only not moving, I'm moving towards you. I'm coming at you in faith. I've got the Word of God in the sling of my faith. I've got the Word of God and I'm coming at you. Well, I'm not budging. Eventually, you will budge because I am a great person because of whose I am and I have great power. And greater is He that is in me than he that is in this world. So, in a little while, you're coming down. But I'm not moving in the meantime. I'm not giving up one inch. As a matter of fact, I'm stepping towards you. And the whole time, You're swinging and you're letting the Word of God go. And you will wake up one day and realize that all of a sudden this chariot of iron has lost its wheels. And it is no longer as powerful in your life as you thought. And your God takes you over the hill. He brings the valleys up. He brings the mountains down. He makes a straight path for the children of God. There are times you've got to stand there in the faith and power and anointing and strength of your God and in a contest between you and that chariot the chariot is eventually going to come down Goliath is hitting the dust David said I'm running towards you in the name of my God while all the Philistines thought it was a big joke until thud Goliath looked cross-eyed for a second down he came dust dust filled the air David looked around and they all fled and a great victory came to the whole land of Israel there comes a time even when it's tougher more serious that you've got to use that faith that God put in you because you are a great people and you have great power you are a child of the king and he's given you the victory can we stand up together today If you needed this today, give the Lord a hand of praise. (laughs) You know, some people I can tell, like I've already mentioned in closing, they're not used to hearing messages like this. But folks, our nation is in deep, deep trouble. We're facing a chariot of iron. Matter of fact, plural chariots of iron. And what is God looking for? He's not looking for a bunch of circus elephants. He's looking for people who know who they are, who have been defined by God and not by the world, and who know the power that is in them. And I believe if we will swing that sling and let the Word of God go, things can yet be turned in this country. Do you believe that? I believe that. Let's pray together with your heads bowed. If you can say, Pastor Jeff, there is a chariot of iron in my life. And it has been discouraging me and disillusioning me and even at times defeating me. And I'll let you pray for me today. I needed this word and I received this word. I had people from the first service say, I'm going to get that CD. And I'm going to listen to it over and over again because I've had a chariot of iron come into my life. And if you have a chariot of iron today and you're going to take a stand against it, I want to see your hand. Would you put your hand way up? Bless you. Many, many people all over this sanctuary. It can be a temptation. It can be many things. Finances, marital problems. Let's give the chariot of iron to God right now. Can we, Father, we come to you with every intimidating giant. We come to you, Lord, with every chariot of iron, hindering us from entering into what God has for us. Lord, thank you that through Jesus and because of whose I am, I am precious in your eyes and I have great power at my disposal, the very power of God. Now, Lord, give me victory over this chariot of iron, over this Goliath, over this Philistine. Now, I want you to picture right now. You're standing, you're facing it, you're not giving up, you're not backing down. You're facing it in the faith of God. And I want you to say with me, it's defeated. And I have the victory today. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. Now, Lord, I believe for grace to overcome with everyone that prayed that prayer and everyone listening by radio. Give them the victory. And thank you that it's done in Jesus' name. Give him a hand of praise one more time. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.